Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, 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 my friends, and welcome to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining me live, and thank you for listening to the show archive, and of course, for downloading and supporting the show on iTunes in the podcast. You make me, you inspire me to do what I do best, and and I love you for that, so I do want to thank you. This is my first thing that I wanted to say. And again, my friends, if you are a first-time listener, I am the founder and a CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional life service, uh, professional life coaching service, and uh, in my uh, professional, I work with individual as well as small businesses, helping them achieve and uh, the life that they really hope to achieve and desire. And on this show, we try to talk about a lot of different topics and a lot of different areas that does impact our life one way or another on the personal as well the professional level. And some of these areas as follow but not included are personal and professional growth, our personal relationship, professional relationship, money, finances, spirituality, career, self-esteem, and of course, overall the quality of life. And, uh, you know, as if you have listened to me in the past, sometimes I host a show solo and give you some life coaching, you know, pretty much session on on the show. And I also have a great guest that comes in and shares their tools and resources as well and their expertise in this area of self-help. And one more thing because before I bring on my guest, I like to set my intention. As you know, I always like to do that. Um, my intention of doing this show is really to help inspire you. I like to help inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you deserve. It's really all up to you. And all I ask of you is to have an open mind and an open heart. It's really as simple as that, just to bring your awareness to this present moment and, and take whatever is useful for you from this show some of these tools and tips that are provided here on show are great tools and tips, whether it's from myself or my guests. And, of course, I encourage you to follow the show so you can get all the updates for all the upcoming guests, as well as when you follow your show, my show, you know, everything that I post and, and if there's anything new or coming up, you will be the first to know it. And then I encourage you as well to follow me on Facebook, on Twitter. I love to connect with you and I love to be your friend and send me an email, contact me, let me know what's going on in your life and how I can help you. You can reach me at info at coachingbyria.com, and I'm also on Skype at CoachRia, one word. So here you go. And now let me introduce my guest to you. My guest today is Alexis Clamber. She is a self-help expert for millennials. She is coined the self-help voice for her generation. Alexis is the author of the upcoming book, Borrowed Wisdom, Tales of 20-something. Alexis is committed to inspiring and empowering her peers to live their best lives. Alexis offers practical advice that goes beyond buzzwords. Alexis, by, by trade, is a lawyer. She's turned into a writer. She lives in San Francisco, California, and she contributes to Co- Cosmopolitan Magazine, Forbes, and Women Media Center, and she also writes an advice column for the J Weekly Magazine and a blog for the Huffington Post. Alexis has appeared on a local and a national radio show, including NPR, Alexis, of course, as I mentioned, she's working on her upcoming book, Borrowed Wisdom, Tales of 20-something, and uh, she was an honor graduate of the University of Pennsylvania Law School and works as an adjunct pro- professor of legal study. And uh, this year, Alexis, she's going to be joining the uh, Pennsylvania Conference for Women along with Arena Huffington and Troy Johnson. What a great thing. 
And so, you know, of course, I will give you all her information. So if you want to contact her directly, but it really is uh, my honor. It's an honor and a pleasure to have her on the show. Thank you for being here, Alexis. Welcome. Thank you so much, Rhea, for having me and for that beautiful introduction and your wonderful intention. Oh, I thank you. You know, you speak my language, and I love when I connect with people who are like-minded, and and it just it makes my job a lot easier, you know. And I, so I <laughs> absolutely just, right. It just kind of goes with it. So you're currently living in San Francisco, and obviously you were my next door neighbor. You were in Pennsylvania. Um, so what is it? How did you make that transition? I want to start with your, you know, because I had interviewed a lot of guests who were lawyers or attorneys by trade, and then it became something else, you know, later on in life because they followed a passion. So what brought you into where you are right now? Let's start with this. Okay, great, great question. Um, I went to law school pretty much as a default. When I graduated from college, it just, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself, and it seemed like a good default for a high-achieving student and for a girl like me, and so I went, um, and it seemed to make practical sense. Um, but when I graduated and got a job at a big law firm, it was clear very quickly that law was not for me and that life was not for me. And so I had a meltdown, as we often do when we've created a path for our life and it's not working out as we as we had expected. Uh, so I had a meltdown and I spent a couple years, um, you know, doing odd jobs and, and, you know, paying back my student debt that way and reading every self-help book I could get my hands on and participating in every teleseminar and webinar I could get into and uh, learning about what it really means to live a life of meaning um, and joy and and getting more in touch with what mattered to me and what, what life I wanted to create for myself. And so I started sharing all of the wonderful wisdom that I was learning mm-hmm. with, um, with my peers. And so um, I started writing about it and I started sharing it. And it seemed like everybody was eating it up, and there was so much out there to help us figure out what, how we could live our right life and what, what really matters in life. Um, but people my age weren't getting it. And so, you know, I'm a 20-something, and so I, um, it, it quickly evolved um, very naturally for me to start sharing and packaging the best of the best self-help that I learned. It's really refreshing to be speaking to to um, a young mind, you know, in that sense of, you know, to trying to see what, what people your age group are. I'm not that much older than you, but, but <laughs> I'm definitely older than you. But, but what I'm trying to say, you know, to see how really, you know, what makes the 20s. And because I know when I was in my 20s, I mean, I, you know, I have a master's degree and I, I went to business school. I went, you know, I've done, you know, what everybody expects you to do, you know, um, right. when you, uh, you know, when you go to school and stuff like that, they want you to be your best. Mostly you try to please everybody else, but you really never think about, you know, what pleases you, what makes right. you the person that you are. And I posted something today um, on on Facebook. I don't know if I posted it yet, but I had written it down because it was just something in my mind, and maybe we can go from there because you talk about, you know, what really matters to you, and that's the reason where you are right now. But when you think about, like, you know, those two questions that always come to my mind, and I always play them in my head, but when I was in my 20s, I wasn't conscious of it. So I was, like, more of a... um, robotically so like I was guided versus being mm-hmm. deliberately you know taking my steps like I know what steps I'm going to be taking um but the question that comes to my mind do you know who because I always say who am I and what am I and mm-hmm. I know they're totally different in the way that I think of it I'm sure you probably think of it differently maybe we do think the same um, but the question is you know does anybody think about that and 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 I think when we you know, I mean, what I am is just an external, it's a physical thing, right? So it's right. what I do right. as far as, like, my career, as far as, but who I am, it's it's just me, right? So who I am is me. I'm the only person, I don't know. So I want us to see, you know, kind of pick your brain on that one to see what you think. Right. No, that's a great question. Um, I often tell the story. I was, you know, after I decided law wasn't for me, I was um, freaking out. You know, what do I want what do I want to be? If I'm not going to be a lawyer, then what? Um, and I wasn't getting any answers. And I finally figured out that I, I started to get some answers when I changed the question from what do I want to be to who do I want to be? Who do I want to be? How do I want to be in this universe, on this planet? Um, what, what, what really matters to me? And that 
Um, and then I finally started figuring out what I wanted to be when I answered who I want to be. Um, but I think that what happens is we get so attached to these external identities, so lawyer, teacher, um, coach, anything um, that's external to kind of the essence of who we are inside, and we attach um, so much meaning to what we are um, and those external trappings of kind of success um, from the outside, and we forget to consider what is it that really makes me tick, what is it that makes my soul mm-hmm. sing. Um, and, and making that transition, I think, will um, will help inform the first question if you answer the latter. So so who am I? What really matters to me? And then you start to really figure out what you want to do with yourself as a result. Right. And But you've got to put that question out because, I mean, in my practice, in my, you know, when I when I work with clients, it's really basically it's, it's a series of questions that I ask them. And I mm-hmm. try to bring out the answer out of them because I think if we bring our awareness to certain things, we see them in a different, you know, a perspective. Um, because we, you know, our, our world as we know it, whatever this reality is, it's, it's created by our perception. You know, what we think is supposed to be, what we think is the norm, what we think is, is supposed to be the reality. Like, what am I supposed to be doing in my life because someone else told me it's based on our belief system, based on, on, on things that we inherited from our environment, from people that we hang out with and all these things. But when you, you know, when you are trying to reach out to your generation, and I mean, I know this show is not, you know, by all means, you know, just for the 20-something, you know, uh, mm-hmm. group of people. This is a broad a lot, especially, you know, as far as, like, who can benefit from the conversation here, um, right. right, right, so, but when you, you know, when you work, and I know you contribute a lot to, like, Forbes, I read some of your articles, I know you, you write a blog in uh, Huffington um, Post, and, and uh, you, you put a lot of great tips, and I, I, I bred you, but, like, do you connect, and, and how do you, what is, what is the response? What is the most, the most like, something that stood out for you, or what insight came out when you, like, uh, trying to communicate with, with your peers yeah. or people your age? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the most important um, elements of what I'm, what I'm conveying and the message I'm receiving from people is that um, – Permission, giving people permission to make the choices that are right for them is the key ingredient. So I think a lot of people, particularly my age, but I think this is relevant for anybody, um, we forget that we have the power to make our own choices and that all of those shoulds and supposed tos are put on us by other people or our perception of what other people want for us and think about our lives. Um, And when you let go and release all of those kind of shoulds and supposed tos, you end up with um, this gift of giving yourself the permission to do what it is that you want to do and that's right for you. And um, I think that was really, I mean, I found just in uh, hearing this overwhelming outpouring from readers um, of my work that it's really that, that critical piece is just getting permission to do what it is that they want to do and that feels right for them because they're locked into these you know, I'm supposed to do this. Well, this is what I already chose, so I have to follow that um, one path. And it's just, it's, and it, as you mentioned, it's really a matter of our own perception of our lives. Once you empower yourself uh, to give yourself that permission, you're, you're set. It's the beginning. And then you hit it right on there. You know, you said empower yourself, and I think that's what most people, unfortunately, not most people, but I mean, when people feel trapped, because I've been in that position, I've been there, so I know I can speak from my personal experience, feeling stuck and being, you know, feeling trapped, and and, uh, and I remember, like, when I read, uh, um, you know, uh, but that was, like, later on after I'd done some self-empowering, and I became where I am because of those reasons, because of all the empowering that I've done, and I wanted, like you, share it with the world and try to teach what I've learned, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but like when I read uh, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer's book, uh, Excuses Be Gone, he, he hits mm-hmm. it. I don't know if you read the book or not, but he talks about those things. He talks about how we can find excuses for everything, why we don't do it, you know. And, right. and because we don't feel like most in the end of the day, because most people don't feel like they are worthy of that outcome, mm-hmm. that they should have the life that they should have, and they should live that life. I mean, I I. Named, obviously, you know, the show, I made it simple. Life is good because life is truly is good. And it is a gift and it is a, a precious gift. And we just need to live it. That's all you need. 
You can't make right. it complicated and just say, oh, my God, live your life, live it to your best, and and, and, and take on the leader part, not the victim part, and, and, and wear a different hat. And I think it's all about change. I talk about change all the time. And and like you mentioned before, and I, I believe, you know, it really is all by choice, not by chance. So if we make that choice, obviously, we, uh, you know, things, the outcome, you know, will be based on what we choose to uh right to take on I, go ahead yeah uh, i was going to say i think it's um we can make excuses and we can also i think a lot of people what ends up happening is we hide behind doubt and fear and you know those really those are very powerful forces that can hold you back that's true i mean i i you know we like i said i mentioned on this show many times and i talk about it all the time those are the two main emotions that are most of us, you know, um, in our human, in, in our lifetime, experience love and fear, you know. And if we come right. from a place of fear, you know, obviously we limit it. We limit it to how much we can do. And if we came from a place of love, loving for ourselves, loving for, you know, for 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 whatever it is that we love to do, the passion that we have and follow through, things different. They they it's it's remarkably changed, and that's gonna lead me to to see how you made that change because I mean obviously like you you and I we sound like we we started our journey similarly where you were trying to empower yourself you did a lot of seminars reading self help books and and you've learned a lot of things from some of these you know big teachers out there and uh, now you're sharing it with the world but the success part what I wanted to ask you. Um, you know, we know success kind of different from one person to another. I mean, so what the meaning of success to you might mean different to me or someone else. Right. But what, how did you, you know, I mean, I think I look at you and you are in your 20s. Not many people can say and have the things on their resume that you do. So you should be proud of yourself. So I think, you know, it's really something very, you accomplished quite a bit, you know, at a young age and you continue to grow. But the thing is, can you teach or can you, like, give out the, you know, I mean, obviously the road to success is not always, you know, easy. But what, right. share with our listeners, like, what, uh, you know, what's some of the things that happened that you really kind of looked at it and said, you know what, I'm going to get up. I'm not going to let it, you know, take the best of me or, or, or uh Right. Um, I, uh, well, thank you for your kind words. I, you know, I think it's something that we can always, that we may always, struggle with, um, figure, you know, this sense that we're not successful enough or success means, you know, something um, that we're constantly striving for and not something we're living. Uh, I think, you know, once once you identify the real trappings of success, uh, the traditional ones, that is, so a fancy car and a fancy house and a fancy job and a big paycheck and the corner office eventually and all of that, um, once you deconstruct all of that, uh, you recognize that, especially for those who who actually achieve those things, that they still don't necessarily feel good. <laughs> that that external success doesn't necessarily mean um, feeling good and healthy and happy. And so I, you know, when I was working at a big law firm and to the outside world had seemed like I had achieved this great level of success. I graduated from a great school at the top of my class. I was at this, you know, big name law firm. Um, I had made it, essentially, and yet I felt awful. Uh, and so when I took a step back from that and you know, asked myself, what does success really mean to me? When I distilled it down, it really just meant happiness. It meant positive mm-hmm. personal relationships. It meant freedom to spend my time how I wanted to spend it. Um, it meant health, you know, my own personal sense of well-being and physical health. And so, um, so when I started to create a new picture of success around the things that really mattered to me that, that would make me feel good, um, I saw that happiness to me really meant, I mean, I'm sorry, success to me really meant happiness. And so it was, so now my life is geared towards following my happiness because that then feels like I'm following my own path to success, whereas all of those traditional um traditional elements of success are not going to feel like happiness to me. And and you know, I mean, I'm sorry. It's it's uh um 
it's a fine line also as far as what makes people think, you know, makes them happy because, you know, I mean, let's face it, you know, people can say, well, if I have that whatever job, I will be the happiest person or whatever I got that partner. And then when we get the partner and you mention it, you know, you become so uh, um, realize it's like, oh, well, gee, no, I'm not that happy. So I'm still like striving for more, 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 more because they never really got to the part where it really matters to them. And, you you know, that brings me to to my next question. So I know what matters to you, but when you, you know, talking to some of these young professionals and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of your peers and stuff like that, what do you feel the most the, the one thing that they have most of them in common when it comes to what matters to them? What what do you think it is? Um I think it's a sense of uh a general sense of well-being. Like there like there's something about the life that they're living that feels right. Um and that sounds pretty, you know, not concrete, but it's um but I think it's really shared i think it's very universal this sense that what they're doing feels good and so they can wake up feeling good about how they're spending their day um and i think when that's thrown off and i talk a lot about just finding your right life and living your right life i think when you're not um it it doesn't matter what you're doing or what path towards this you know quote-unquote success you're headed to um it doesn't feel good yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, I, again, getting a little bit more clear, getting more really clear about what your life, what the life that you really wanted to live looks like. I think that's, right. that's the, drawing that picture in your mind, and that's not an easy thing for most, most of us, you know. I mean, I know it was not that easy for me at one point, and I know I was, like, so vague about, like, you know, I mean, like, I, it was, like, cloudy. Everything was not clear. But I think when you start cleaning up, you know, what makes things cloudy, you will see a lot of things clearer and a lot crispier and you you will notice things a lot, you know. Um, now, your book, uh, your upcoming book, Bars Wisdom, Tales of 20-something, you know, you talk about in this book, um, 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 you know, again, tell me if I'm uh, right, it's really talk about your experience a lot and then some of the things that you have learned, you know, um, throughout your, um, you know, career, you know, right now. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm basically taking the best of the best that I've read um, in the self-help world and packaging it in a way that I think is accessible for um, 20 and 30-somethings. So my goal is to offer really practical advice. So I'm the lawyer in me speaking. I want to know exactly what I need to do and how to do it and when to do it and um, and to get really, really concrete um, because a lot of buzzwords float around, you know, don't hide behind your doubt. I said it myself. But what does that mean? What does that really look like? How do I not do that anymore? Um, how do I actually take action uh, to to create a better life, to be happier, to move towards my goals and away from the life that's not working for me? So my goal is really to be um, to to offer people uh, to pe- to offer people that very concrete wisdom. And 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 I'm sure you're putting it in a very easy step by step sort of formula because I mean I'm just reading from your blog some of the stuff that you put out you pretty much laid out to be like okay follow this and you'll be you know <laughs> you'll be yeah on your and we all it's what it is it's simplifying things you know and I appreciate that right. I mean, so um, right I mean we all have to to do our spin on it but um, it's just offering people the um, very practical tools so they feel. Um, ready and empowered to do it themselves and I'm not dancing around the subject I'm I'm giving it to you straight that's my goal and that's really great I mean so we really look forward for your book to come out and and uh, so you can share it with the rest of the world and and so I'm going to take a short break Alexis and uh, I just turned on the chat room so I just want to let my uh, our listeners that the chat room is open um, and so you can log on in there post your questions or comments you can also um, dial in the show and speak to myself or Alexis at 626-213-5773 and uh, so we're going to take a short break I'm going to play one of uh, the Barefoot Doctor do you know Stephen Russell? aka uh, the Barefoot Doctor He's he was one of my guests one of my I love him oh yes yes he has a song that actually I, I played it on the show one time when he was here and it's called Beautiful and I think you all are beautiful so we'll be right back so stay tuned please Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments 
Okay, my friends, welcome back. I am your host, Coach Ria. You are listening to your Life Now radio show, and I'm so excited to be here live with you. Remember, my friends, you can call the show with any question. We are live at 626-213-5773, and I also have the chat room open, so go ahead and sign in there if you prefer to uh, to do it that way, and uh, I want to thank you all for being here. So, my friends, my guest today is Alexis. Uh, he She is the uh, self-help expert for millennials, and uh, she is the author of the upcoming book, Borrowed Wisdom, Tales of 20-something. And before the break, um, Alexis and I were talking about um, about all the issues that, you know, uh, her peers, her um, generation faces, and she also talks about her own um, experience and what matters to her and uh, all her work. As I mentioned, she is a very um, active blogger for Huffington Post. I can never say the right. And she also writes in Forbes and and uh, Woman Media Center and also for um, J Weekly Magazine. So it's really an honor to have you, Alexis. Thank you so much for being here again. Thank you, Raya. Um, so, okay, my friend, so before the show, we were talking about, you know, success and what it means and uh, what really matters. We talked about who am I and, and what am I and the difference between the two a little bit. We we didn't go too deep in that because I know it's a, it's a totally different uh, um, uh, subject that we can just talk about it for a long time. But let's let's talk about, we talked a little bit about your book and, and you know, you said you, you um you use some of the the greatest wisdom that you learned along the way, and you sharing it. You put it in your own word um, to help you know um, the generation that you uh, uh, the twenty something, and and also you know it this this book is just for everybody. I believe you know it's not just for the twenty something, but uh, but you also talk about you know one of the things that I wanted to mention to you, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, they get stuck. And they feel, you know, there is no way out. And uh, they, they, you know, because we know when we feel um, hopeless, um, we just like, uh, we in a panic mode. And, and we tend to uh, um, forget about the basics, you know, that, you know, let's, let's just break it down into a simple step and, and, and realize that the road to anything it takes one step at a time, and and we need to give, forgive ourselves for some of these um, mistakes that we make, and also forgive ourselves for failing because I think failing is necessary in order for you to succeed. I mean, this is my professional coaching, you know, opinion. But uh, um, but I'd like to know more about you with, when it comes to that, and how do you, you know, I mean, I know you wrote about this. I think you had an article at one point. I read it. Was it in Forbes? You talk about like some of the ways to get unstuck or something like that. Yeah, I think it was one of my Huffington Post articles. Okay. I, um, yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of us get stuck in a life that doesn't feel quite right, and we're just not sure what where to go or what to do about it. And I think a lot of that uncertainty comes from the fact that we just don't know what we want. So, you know, we're starting to get the sense that we know we, what we don't want, but we don't know how to move towards what we do want. Um, and the elements of our life that aren't feeling quite right, we can't really identify. And so I think um, one, of my, one of my favorite things to do is, um, is just listen to your intuition and write that's easier said than done because a lot of us would say, you know, well, if we had a gut feeling about something, we could actually act on it, but we're not quite sure what our gut is telling us. And so um, so my favorite exercise for kind of getting unstuck and getting in touch with what it is that you um, that's working for you and serving you in your life and what's not working for you is getting back to um, back in touch with your physical body. So, um, so what I love to do is tell people, and I do this myself, is as you go through your day, check in with your actual physical mm-hmm. body because your symptoms will be manifestations of your kind of intuitive inner wisdom, your inner voice, um, your gut feeling. So, um, for example, if every time you get to the office you get a headache and your headache lasts until mm-hmm. you leave the office, 
your body is telling you something. Or if you end up with a stomach ache every time you're around certain friends, um, you'll notice, you'll start to notice patterns if you really track your physical symptoms. And you, what you'll become aware of is that you feel light and energetic and symptom-free when you're doing things that serve you, that feel right, that feel good. Um, and you'll notice, okay, I need to start doing more of these things. And those activities and people that aren't serving you will bring out some of your worst physical symptoms. And so many of us are so busy um, just trying to get through every day all of the errands we need to run and work and commuting to and from the office and whatever it is that's um, stacked up in your daily schedule that we, um, we miss our body's very clear cues to us, like this isn't working, or your body's telling you, yes, this is working. Um, so one of my favorite things to do when I really feel out of touch with what my gut is telling me um, and, and what I tell people to do that they find useful is just get back into your body. Pay attention to what your body's telling you. Um, it's unbelievably powerful. It's, it's, it's telling right. you messages every day all the time. Um, we just ignore them. You know, we have a tome. We take a tomes or we take Advil or whatever it is that your right. system right. Um, is coming out of. So that's one of my favorite unstuck methods. And that's really, um, yeah. I mean, that's one of the practices that I uh, that I do myself and and I teach as well, which is you know um, bringing awareness to your you know how you feel. And I think one of the also you know to add to what you said is really the fact like you know you can really ask yourself one simple question and and throughout the day, and that brings you back to that awareness and how your body feels by asking yourself. How do I feel right now? Right. How do I feel? Right. And, you know, right. and, and because a lot of time, I mean, you are obviously um, at, a, at, a, at a higher conscious awareness person, so from speaking with you, so I do appreciate that in you, but not all of us at that level, you know, and that's why yeah. I think people feel stuck as well because they don't have that awareness. And I think it's really, and you mentioned me from the beginning of the show, I always say it's really all about bringing your conscious awareness to this present moment. What is going on right now? And I think it becomes a habit. It becomes a way of doing things if you just build that muscle. It's like anything else. You know, we've been living a right. certain you know way for whatever years that we've been on this on this on this life in this lifetime, and and uh, we've been doing the same thing over and over. So it's like you know it's all uh, again, which is something I would like to talk with you about also more is the change, making some little mm-hmm. changes here and there, and you bring that awareness to that change and see if things happen right. differently. You know, instead of keep doing the things over and over and over. So yes, I mean just to add to what you said which you said it beautifully, is really just ask a simple question as well, is just how do I feel right now? Mm-hmm. And and your body will tell you, because I think it's a language. One time there was a discussion on one of the group on LinkedIn about um, pain, you know, and I really mm-hmm. believe that pain, it's, it's, it's the way our body trying to communicate with us about something is out of line. You know, like something is not going right with your life. It's not just about, you know, your organs or whatever, like your physical, you know. It's really just something it's, it's out of line. You know, it needs to be aligned. It's like anything else. Like you're driving a car. If it's it's not aligned, you know, you can crash, right, because, you know, right. the, the tires are not aligned. So it's really important, and I think this is this is a simple, simple, simple things that we can just try to do every single day, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just, uh, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, you talk about the right life, you know, finding the right life for you. And, again, that's, that could be very general as well, and I'd like you to get a little mm-hmm. bit specific with me on that. Because what is right life for you might not be the right life for me. So how do you actually right. reach out that message, or how do you, you know, broad that message to a larger group to tell them, you know, how to find the right life? So what's, uh, what's right? The I mean, I think, right. I think first of all, I think you're completely right. I think the right, um, your right life is going to be different than my right life, and that's going to be different than someone else's. We each have our own um, individual right life, um, and it's important to recognize that 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 whatever right life, um, whatever life is right for us, is going to be different inevitably from our friends and our partners and um, and our families, and so that's actually the first step towards moving moving towards your right life because you're not going to be doing what everybody else is doing, and that's okay. Um, and I think one of the best ways to um, 
to talk about living your right life is to give people general tools for doing it so that they can go through their own process of self-discovery uh, because it's such an individual, personal thing. So, you know, I I have many different exercises. Actually, if people come on over to my website, um, which I can tell you at the end of the show, alexisglamberg.com, I, I mean, and sign up for my newsletter, I send out tips, very practical, concrete tips um, in my newsletter so people can have some access to that uh, before my book comes out. But um, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite things to tell people uh, when they're trying to discover their right life is to just, you know, one of my one exercise I often prescribe is just um, to list five things that you love to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we have this tendency to discount what we love. It's mm-hmm. somehow not as important or not as valuable as the long to-do list that you've already created that involves things that don't fill you up and don't make yourself sing and don't make your heart swell in happiness um, by any means. And so the things that we love to do end up somehow buried at the bottom of our list. Um, and it's this very odd disconnect. Uh, I don't know how socially that ended up happening to us, but we do discount what we love. And so when people take a moment to just you know jot down five things, simple things that you love to do, and spend a week picking one thing off that list of five to do each day. It's amazing right. how um, elevated your joy level can be just from starting to pay more attention to the things that you love doing. So that can be spending half an hour reading a novel or cuddling with your boyfriend or husband on the couch or watching Bravo TV. It can be whatever it is that just I makes love you Bravo. happy and feel rested. <laughs> I know. I um, feel rested, and right. it can be okay. And for you, um, uh, I think that's kind of one of the best. That's one of my favorite uh, right life exercises. But um, I think people have a tendency to hide from their right life because they're hiding from fear. Um, fear of failure, fear that it won't work out, fear that they're, as you mentioned earlier, just not good enough for that life or not worthy of of living it. And um, I like to flip that and tell people that they should actually be following their fear um, rather Mm -hmm. than hiding from it because your fear uh, often is telling you what is really exciting to you. Uh, So Martha Beck wrote in a book um, in Finding Your Own North Star one of her exercises oh, in there I is, love that book, yeah. It's wonderful. Um, is If I had the guts, I would, and then you fill in the blank. And what you'll find if you answer that question truthfully, and often the answer that comes up immediately is really what's true for you, um, that that is one of your most exciting, scariest things that you can think of. And, and those things go together, excitement and fear. And so you start turning anxiety into excitement, uh, you can flip fear on its head and actually use fear to serve you, to follow it, as opposed to hiding from it. And your right life is somewhere in that direction. Uh, and, and as you said, it's one step at a time. It's true to that. And, and I to add also to you know what you're saying is, is really great. You're offering a lot of great tips. So I, I, you know, I just want to encourage people to re-listen to this show and download it on your I, um, on, um um, iTunes, so you can have it on your iPod, iPhone, whatever you know, uh, form of uh, um, smartphone you have, or just an iPod. Um, what I wanted to add to that is is another thing. I think because we all, most people like really struggle be you know um, with the fact that they really just want to be ex- accepted, you know, in society okay. or liked, or they want to be. And the other thing, one of the, the the other things that I like to add to 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 the fact, you know, about following the things that you love and start doing, like writing five things and, and, and follow mm-hmm. through with them, like do them occasionally or do whatever you like most and, you know, now and there and, and realize how you feel about it when you get it done too. When You know, it's like you feel good about yourself, right? You feel a little bit more, you know, talking about self-esteem here, you know, in that sense. Mm-hmm. But I think the key here, and I know you probably mentioned in some of your articles that I've read, it's the gratitude. I think one of the reasons most of us really feel um, we focus focus on, on the things that are negative in our life and we don't focus on the things that we love and we want to see happening is because most of us take things for granted. We yeah. take life for granted and we take things in our life for granted and we just 
be, you know, I mean, unfortunately, and it, it sounds kind of like really, you know, harsh to say, but because of most people are, um, the society becomes like more of a consumer society versus something like, you know, like what am I doing today to give back or what do I love mm-hmm. to do? What would makes me feel good? You know, if, you know, I mean, like when I started doing this show, I really, I was inspired to do this show. And I, I'd be honest with you, you know, like a year and a half later, I didn't think I will be doing it because you know it takes time it takes preparation it takes this it right. takes time of my 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 own schedule and my own work that I do but I love what I do I love the fact that I get this feedback you know that I am making a difference so this is something I love so when somebody try to put me down and say you're wasting your time doing this and and you 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 know you should be doing something else instead of that to me what I'm doing, it gives me joy, right? So when okay. I help somebody and I see I have changed somebody, if even if I help one person, you know, um, and, and, and that one time, I feel good about it. And I think, you know, and we're not talking about just external things. I mean, when we say, like, love, you know, doing, like, five things that you love, you know, we're not talking about just mm-hmm. going getting manicure or pedicure or whatever. You know, I love to do that. We we talk about nourishing your inner being, right? I mean, I think you're really mm-hmm. focusing on that too, right? Like what makes yeah. you feel good? Yeah, so I don't discount stuff. if you, you know, I, I definitely don't discount if you, if sitting down and closing your eyes, getting a manicure makes you happy, go for it. I certainly, right. <laughs> it right. certainly no, does I it for me. No, I agree with you. And, and I'm, hey, you know, I'm I'm a woman too, so I know that makes me feel good to go pamper myself. But I'm just saying that's not what we're just focusing on here. Right, right, absolutely, of course. And the things that really fill you up at the end of the day won't be, um, you know, having that new purse sitting and collecting dust in the corner of your um, closet, certainly. So, it, it, you know, I, I mentioned to you, I mean, I, I talk, I mean, I think every post that I make on Facebook pretty much, I was trying to see my trends. It's always been about change, and I'm always encouraging mm-hmm. people to make the change. And you heard me. You heard me with my intention. And really, I really so much want to inspire people to make some positive changes in their life so they can, you know, see things differently, right? So it's right. all about, about change. So talk to me about that, and, and, and why do you think most of us don't give ourselves the permission to change? Oh, I think that um, I think in part, a lot of us feel very obligated to follow through on things we started, to see things to the end. Uh, I know for me, when I I had spent three years and well over one hundred fifty thousand dollars on a law degree, I had spent a ton of time and energy and money, uh, you know, passing the bar exam and becoming a licensed attorney, and to after I mean I'm telling you, Raya, six weeks I knew I hated it to turn my back before a year had already gone by practicing was incredibly hard and I think most people would look at that and their initial assessment would be like wow she really didn't give that a chance she didn't follow through she wasn't committed whatever Um, and I think we all feel often too obligated to follow through and see things to the end when we know that whatever it is we're in motion doing isn't working for us and so there's this sense that somehow um, we'll disappoint other people or um, even ourselves by not following through. And I love to tell people not to follow through on the things that aren't working for them because that's, um, I think, you know, back to the permission piece, it's okay to not follow right. through if right. it's not working for you. Um, and we can't spend our whole lives uh, for this kind of proverbial, everybody will think I am whatever a failure, everyone will be disappointed in me. Um, you had mentioned before a lot of a lot of what people struggle with is just what other people are thinking about them. And I love, I grew up with my mom always saying to me, uh, you know, if I ever said, so-and-so is probably saying something about me, she would always say, you're so a blip on the radar screen. Like, the, even if they were talking about you or were thinking about what you're up to, they're doing it for maybe a second, and then they're done, and you're not. It doesn't matter. But you're living your own life. You're living with your reality, and so right. you get to make the decision about what works um, for you. And I, I think that oh, that's great. that following yeah. through piece is is a biggie for those who are scared of change or not comfortable with it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it is it is a scary place to go for many, many, many people. Trust me, I've been in 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 uh, um, in the business of of self uh, self help and development, helping other people. Um, they just it's it's just hard for them to change. It's just like breaking that habit, breaking whatever it is, or changing things and see it in a different way. It takes a lot of lot of work, and I I always talk about the neuro neuro program neuro programs in our, our our brain, you know, that we've been you know inherited and and we've been living with for a long time. It's just like again, it's like a new muscle, you know. When you work in the computer and you have all these programs and these programs are not compatible anymore, what do you do right. with them? You start deleting them, or do you update them, right? So you you change right. them. Because otherwise they're not serving your purpose. They are not serving your purpose. And you got to, you know, because well, obviously eventually that computer will crash and you wouldn't be able to use it. And it's just the same thing with, with, with us. You know, we need to just not fall into the, 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 the well, that's what life is supposed to be. I meant to live this life. I've heard this so many times where people just say, well, you know, it just, there's nothing I can do. You know, where they feel hopeless and they feel really stuck. But back to, you know, um, this, because I really wanted to bring that point out again. I think um, when when you give yourself, like you said, you know, try to give yourself the permission not to follow through with things. And it's okay, you know, if you don't follow through because nothing is really set in, 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 in stone, right? Things are should mm-hmm. be able to be flexible. You know, you, we should be right. able to be flexible in our life. But I think you will notice that you would have to do less of that, you know, changing your mind all the time if you start getting from the beginning clear on what yes. it is that you want. And I think that's what's yes. really the key. That's the, that's the key. That's the puzzle uh, that is missing in most people's, you know, they don't, they are not clear. I One of the first questions I ask people is like, what is it that you want? And I mm-hmm. can guarantee you most people will tell me what they don't want, but they won't know what they really want. Because right, they don't, they don't right. have no clear idea, you know, to what is their life look like. I had my client, I, and, and many, many times I had them, like, close their eyes, and I told them, I want to take you to a place, and I want to see if you can see it, you know, because I know I can see mm-hmm. it because I've done it many times. And uh, Shikasi, is that what's her name? She, I, I've learned through her with the um, visualization and stuff like that. But anyhow, I said, close your eyes and try to see if you can see your life ahead you know, the future, what your life will look like. And, you know, it, it, I have to tell you, maybe one out of ten, maybe sometimes not even, they can see anything. Yeah. What does that tell you? Yeah. You know, um, I, I just wrote an article on this because I found it so fascinating. I have a lot of friends who are unhappy uh, with work, and so I pose the question when they tell me how unhappy they are, okay, if you could do anything, what would you do? Um, I'm a big dreamer. I believe, you know, if you create dream a dream, big. you can absolutely, you can, yeah, yeah, you can, you can achieve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people, I found, similar to you, don't have an answer. They actually haven't thought about it, and it's wild to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think part of it is just taking the time to daydream. Like, take the time to dream up your most exciting, best life. What would that look like to you? And I think a lot of us. Um, forget that we can even do that you know no one yeah. says like okay now it's time to dream big what do you want to do and so you end up um you know 20 something 30 something 40 something 50 something what 60 something whatever and you haven't actually thought about what it is that like in your wildest dreams you would want to achieve accomplish what life you would want to live and so just i you know giving yourself the space to take five minutes before you fall asleep and daydream, like think about, dream up your wildest, most wonderful possibility. And the magic in that, I think, is the feeling that you get when you dream it up. I'm sure you do this with um, your clients. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. you you evoke a feeling when mm-hmm. you start, when you get your imagination in gear. And that is the feeling that you'll run towards and continue to run towards no matter what ev- personal evolution you go through, no matter what, you know, specific concrete goals change in your life, you'll always be moving towards that feeling that you get. And that feeling, it's like this, like, electric, everything is right, you're in the flow feeling. And when you imagine, when you start doing that dreaming um, or the visualizations like you do with your clients, that's what gets your kind of, your system in gear to understand, okay, this is the feeling I'm supposed to have when I'm 
in when I'm moving in the right direction for me, and then you follow it. And so though maybe the you know the shape of that movie reel you had going in your imagination changes over time as you evolve and the things you want evolve, the feeling stays the same. And there's so much magic in holding on to that. That's like awakening a new muscle, you know, that has been dormant yeah. for a long time. And it really is. I mean, look at the Einstein. He used to dream. He used to take naps all the time. And he used to say, you know, it's like, you know, he got his best ideas when he was daydreaming. You know, we're mm-hmm. not talking about like Walla Land, you know, like whatever, you know, we're not talking something like, you know, out of this, you know, this planet. Right. We're stay here, but you are allowed to see a dream. Right. You are allowed to follow that dream. And, and I right. think that's the message that we try and, you know, myself and Alexis trying to put out. Give yourself that permission to dream first, to get clear about what it is that you want, right? So first yeah, of all, yeah. you have that dream. Okay, otherwise you'd be following what, you know? So And then take those steps, take those action steps that required for you to, to move towards that dream and, and, and create it. And I think add colors. That's what I do. I, I work with them on adding colors and adding this. Mm. I was taught, actually, but one of the most genius, um, it's an old, old book, and I've learned, and I actually followed that steps. Uh, like I want to say like six years ago, I did that with Charles Hanel. Um, uh, what is the book? He walks you through like almost 52 weeks of exercises that you do. And those exercises are based on exactly what it is. It's like, you know, you focus on one thing. You, 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 it's almost like you're sitting in a meditation. That's one of the things that I'm a big fan of is really taking some time. And a form of meditation could be so many different, you know, so not necessarily just sitting in a yoga you know, um, right. uh, pose. And, you know, you can be doing it laying down or you can be doing whatever. Whatever makes you feel comfortable. But take some time to slow the thinking process and just see something differently. And I think one of the practices that I that I really enjoy doing is uh, is is trying to take myself to a place that I've been to, that I really had mm-hmm. a good time, or a place that I would love to go to, mm-hmm. and, and see myself there. I mean, I you know one of the things that I I watch is really also very important. Like you know what we watch and what we listen to and what kind of influence external influence we have that really dictates how we feel as well. Um, so like I watch a travel channel. I watch I used to watch like one of my favorite like, you know, the places, the exotic places. So if this is the life that you live, I love to travel. So I love beautiful <laughs> places. And then we do travel, we do go to beautiful places. But you know mm-hmm. what? I can tell you and this is not an exaggeration, I have seen my places that I've been to in my mind first and when I've been to the place and I'm wow. like freaked out because I'm like, wait a second. But it's all images. It's really all images. So I've seen it somewhere right. first, and then now I've I've thought about it, and now I created it in my mind. Now when I went to see it in 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 actual, you know, whatever it is that you mm-hmm. know, time that I'm there, and I see it, I'm like, oh my god, I really, it's exactly how I saw it in my mind. That's amazing. <laughs> it's really wonderful. So I'm telling you, I'm like the time flies by so fast. So um. So you, you talk about let's let's try and see if we can get um you know I just wanted to tell our listener if you are live on the air and we go off the air this show will be archived so you can always come back and catch catch uh, any uh, anything that you missed so we're gonna try to uh, wrap it up uh, um pretty soon so um when we talk about fear you said instead of like ignoring your fear follow your fear or have a different relationship with fear what do you you know can you tell our listeners exactly how do you do that. Yeah, so um, as I had mentioned, I love that Martha Beck exercise that if I had the guts, I would um, fill in the blank because um, when you fill in that blank, you end up recognizing that that fear drove that, okay, if I had the guts, I would. Okay, so you're conjuring up, what am I super scared of? And then you end up filling in that blank, and that activity or um, goal is one of your most, prized, special, meaningful um, activities or goals. And so actually using your fear to guide you to what you want um, can be really powerful. So consider some of the things that you're very scared of and then consider reassessing um, or looking at how important they are to you. And you'll find that a lot of them are pretty meaningful um, and pretty heart-centered. So, you know, if you're scared 
to write a book, let's say. If I had the guts, I would write a book and I would send it to a bunch of agents and I would, you know, publish it and go on an exciting book tour. Um, that could be something that comes up for you. Uh, it could be, you know, something much simpler. Like if I had the guts, I would start dating again. If I had the guts and you can fill in your own blank, um, that there's something really uh, meaningful and powerful about the end of that sentence, uh, and that's flipping fear. So, you know, normally fear is scary. I've had terrible anxiety problems in the past, and they're mm-hmm. not comfortable, and they're awful. And so I understand for any listener who's thinking, oh, no, not a chance. Um, but when you uh, when you take step to- steps, um, obviously, towards overcoming that fear and following it and using it, Using it as a guide um, instead of as a handicap, it's uh, pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, again, to add to what you're saying, which, like you say that wonderfully, is the fact I always say, like, you know, when when we acknowledge that we have a fear, you know, first of all, um, one mm-hmm. of the questions, again, I told you, is for me, it's all series of questions that I put out there. So what is it? what is it that you're afraid of? And, and, and take it deeper and say, so uh, why are you afraid of it? And so what? What would happen right. if you actually follow through with this? And you know, okay. So and 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 so if this happened, what what would scare you about that or whatever? So take right. it all the way because I think the more you analyze your fear, realizing you you're afraid of nothing. There's nothing to right. be fearing except fear. Right. The word fear. I mean, and and like I said, I mean, our our two main emotions. Everything comes from those two emotions is love and fear. You know, right. and and that when we start making those shifts and and shift away from fear, we realize that we come from a place of love, and they really there is not much to be afraid of. Nothing. Right. Fear. Right. Fear. In in. I mean, one of the things that I I, I had a show about fear um one time, and and uh, I remember like I you I, I like I used to be very very um um afraid of heights. You know, and I would not mm-hmm. do anything that would like make me feel like I'm dangled, and you know, I would do on a roller coaster, but I cannot go on one that my feet will be hanging because um for some reason I feel like that I'm not in control, and I think that's another mm-hmm. another thing that we can you know <laughs> to 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 mention when it comes to fear. I think the control part because we always feel like right. we need to be in control. Sometimes it's okay right. to let go, you know, it really is, and right. so. Um, last year we were in Mexico in Puerto Vallarta and we were in Hawaii one time. My son and my husband did um zip lining and I did not want to do it. And I, I saw those lines and I saw how high they were. I was like, There is no way I'm getting on those. So I didn't do it. Right? And this mm-hmm. past year we were in Mexico and uh there was, it was sixteen lines and the highest I think I wanna say over a thousand, I couldn't remember, but it was really, really high, right? And then you go mm-hmm. down have to go up and then you go down and I told myself I was like so what am I afraid of I can actually enjoy it so I told myself on to trying to follow through with the fear and see what is exactly (laughs) that I'm afraid of I teach people to stop being afraid so I'm gonna face this I you know right and I have to tell you the experience it was magnificent and and uh I, it was just incredible, and I said, "Oh my God, this is what I missed in Hawaii." So, right. Well, I think um, I think one helpful thing is to just know that I mean, you can feel scared, and it's normal to feel scared, and you can do it anyway, right? And same with right. change; you can be right. completely terrified of change, and you can do it anyway. And it's normal to feel freaked out, and that like once you say to yourself, "Okay, I'm scared, I'm terrified, whatever." But it's okay. Then you can take a, you know, you can take your baby steps forward or on tears at blind, <laughs> wherever it is you're yeah, going. Yeah, that is really true. And like I said, you know, being anxious is one of the things that I used to suffer with anxiety. And you know, I realized it's like, what the heck was I anxious about? And and so it's okay. And you acknowledge the feelings, and that's what it is. Don't ignore it. Acknowledge it. And then it takes right. you to a different place when you do that. Um, Alexis, I want to really thank you, my friend. I just wanted to put it out uh, for people who really want to learn more and, and sign up with uh, Alexis' newsletter. Go to her website at www.alexisclamberg, which is S-C-L-A-M-B-E-R-G.com. It's all one word, alexisclamberg.com. Dot com and uh, and 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 use some of those tips that she had mentioned. They're great stuff. So re-listen to the show. The show will be archived shortly, and 
course, it will be available on iTunes. So I do appreciate everybody who joined us live. And uh, um, until next time, Alexa, thank you, my friend. I would love to have thank you again. Thank you, Raya. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me, Raya. Oh, it was really my pleasure, but I would love to talk with you again. All right, my friend, take care, okay? Bye-bye now. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com, and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea.